And she preaches uh, in all different uh, churches and conferences and revivals. And the Lord has brought her here, even radio and television, yeah. as she said before. And she has a book, and it's called uh, Groom for uh, Redemption. It's over here. I think she says that you can sign up if you're interested. It's a great book. I've read it, and it will bless you. So let's take this opportunity to welcome Angela here. And let's listen to Hallelujah. Give the Lord another hand. Yes. Yes. Amen. He's worthy. All the way.
trouble in this earth. But God said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And God said, I will be with you in the storm. I will carry you through the fire. I will not leave you. But we say, God, it looks like I'm drowning. I've been praying and 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 praying. And I don't see the answer. But God said, we are people of faith. Amen. We are a people of faith. And God knows the trials and the tribulations that we have to go through in order that our faith in him would increase. Because our test becomes our testimony. And if we don't get way down there and have a great big test, then we're not going to have a great big testimony. And it is in that testimony that God is glorified. It is in that testimony that others will come to him because they see the resurrection power of God in our life and in our circumstances. We are a living epistle of the word of God. We are the only thing the earth has to see the revelation of the God we serve. And if we're not willing to go through trouble, if we're not willing to be like Jesus and go all the way to the cross and, and die to everything around us that's not like God, then we will not be worthy to receive the resurrection power of the Master. It is not easy to walk with God. It's never going to be easy to walk with God. But it's always going to be worth it. Because in the end, your God will show up and set you free and deliver you. And he will set that table in the presence of your enemies. Right before your eyes. You can be the lowest man on the totem pole. But when God gets done, you will be the best around you will be at the top because when God promotes, no man can demote. Amen. When God delivers, no man can undeliver. When God shows up, no man can stop his glory. When the glory of God decides to show up, everybody better get out of the way because there's no stopping the glory of God. There's no stopping the breakthrough when God gets ready to pour it down in your life. And I'm here to encourage everyone today to tell you this. I've walked with God since I was 24 years old. Before that, I went to Catholic high school, Catholic grade school, Catholic college. And I was nothing but a father, son, Holy Spirit, good little Catholic girl. I didn't know Jesus. I just knew the rosary in the Catholic church. But I didn't know Jesus. And I'm not saying that bad because there's a lot of saved people in the Catholic church. I'm not saying that. But I am saying that I was one that was not saved as a good little Catholic girl. And I was a mess. And at the age of 24, I got led to the Lord. And on that day, I began to pray in tongues. And that very day, I didn't even know what it was. I thought I was losing my mind. But I knew it was something good. And I knew it was something beyond my natural self. And on that very day, I began to hear the voice of God. And I thought I needed a psychiatrist because I never heard nothing like that before. But my sister had knew God before me. She said, Angela, you're not going crazy. That's the voice of the master. I said, the master? All I know is that it's called Jesus. She said, no, he's the master. And he began, she began to teach me about the character of Jesus. And she began to disciple me. And I began to learn that this God that we serve has a voice. 
And I begin to learn that if you sit still before the Lord or you humble yourself and say, God, I've got to hear from you in this situation. God, I've got to hear your voice. God will speak to you. You might not like what you hear, but he will speak to you. How many of you know sometimes you pray about something, Lord, I need an answer. And he tells you, well, you need to go over there and put $1,000 in that offering bucket. You say, that's not the answer I was looking for. <laughs> Amen. But God knows best. And God's instructions sometimes will never make a bit of sense. And that's where we mess up. Because we try to explain away the Holy Spirit. We try to explain away the instructions of the Master. But I'm here to tell you, he didn't get the name Master for nothing. That means he's Master over everything, including you and me and our mind and our emotions and our thinking processes and our will and everything else. He's bigger, he's better, he's greater. His ways are not our own. His thoughts are not our thoughts. Amen. And we've missed God so many times because we've tried to reason away what God is instructing us to do. But I'm here to tell you today, it's not always easy to obey God. It's not always easy to stand in the place where God has told you to stand. It's hard sometimes. Sometimes it's lonely at the top. It's lonely where God calls you. It's lonely in the things that God instructs you to do. But God will show up and he will meet you every turn. If you commit yourself to follow God with all due diligence. The word is no compromise. God, I don't care what people think about me. God, I don't care what I have to give up. As long as I stay in your presence, as long as I stay in your glory, as long as I'm obedient to you, and I can come before you as a clean and holy vessel, I don't care what it costs me. Because I'm going to stand before you a clean and holy vessel that you can use for your glory. That you can speak through. Because I've decided to leave my filthy rags at the altar. And not carry my filthy rags around with me for the whole world to see. Because my filthy rags are not a display of the true character of Jesus. And the only way people are going to see Jesus is when we're willing to leave the filthy rags at the altar. Amen. I don't know why I went there, but that's what God wanted to say. So we'll just, that's what God wanted to say. Somebody give me a hand. But when I was praying, I tell you, I've been fighting the forces of hell on every side for the last couple of weeks. And I said, God! I'm fighting the forces of hell. There's got to be something that's going to come out of my mouth at that meeting that needs to be said. Because the devil's trying to stop it. But I rebuke him in the name of Jesus. Bless God, you're not stopping me, devil, because I've got the authority and the power. And I know how to put you under my feet. Amen. And so I said, God, there's hell on every side. I need to hear you. About what you want to tell your people. I mean, I got a, a book of sermons, you know, that God's given me this thick, right? And oh, well, you know, hey, let's just pull one of this. Let's go teach and preach on that. No. God, I need to hear. What do you want to tell those people? And the Lord showed me two hearts. 
And he said, the title of what you're going to tell them today is heart to heart. I said, God, what are you talking about? And he began to show me I had a vision of two hearts. And I saw the heart of God. And the heart of God was beautiful and pure. And it was just emulating love and purity. And then I saw our heart, man's heart. And our heart was dark and full of iniquity and full of junk. And God said, I want my people's heart to become my heart. That's why he wants that relationship with us that's called heart to heart. You see, and if, if we have a dirty heart, we're going to get to what that is in a minute. If we have these things in our heart, it doesn't matter how much we know the word. It doesn't matter how much we can, how beautiful we can sing or how great we can pray in tongues or if we're a pastor or we're a prophet or we're whatever we are. It doesn't matter. Because the truth is God is after our heart. And we have to figure out how to make our heart be the heartbeat of Almighty God. Because we are the only thing that the earth can see and to see the manifestation of who God is. And when we're full of mess, the earth can't see that. They don't want anything to do with our Christianity if we cuss like they do. They don't want anything to do with our Christianity if we're going to sit there and watch dirty movies with them. Right. You know, if we're not walking holy before the Lord, they don't want what we have. Because what sets us apart is when our heart is like God's heart. And we're pure. And we're willing to do things His way. And we say, God, you know, created me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. And I begin to ask the Lord, you know, what, what kind of things are you talking about? And these are some things that you're going to find. I guarantee you somebody in here has some of this going on today. Unforgiveness, bitterness, rage, anger, uncontrolled temper, inability to control our tongue. i got to stop with that one. Inability to control our tongue. You know why you have a bad temper and go off on everybody? Because you got something wrong with your heart. Because if our heart was right, we'd be able to control our mouth because we'd say, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. I'm not lashing back at that person. Because that's not like God. Because what would God do when someone lashed at him? He would offer them unconditional love, right? Jealousy, hatred, vengeance, greediness. We can be greedy with a lot of things. But greediness is not character of God. Idol worship. Idol worship, people. We can we can idol worship our pastor. Yeah. Amen. Social media, television, and any other thing that we exalt high in our life. You know, it could it could be tennis. It could be sports. It could be anything. Because anything that's in excess. That takes up more of our time than our relationship with God has become an idol. Because if playing tennis all the time keeps us out of our prayer life, then you know what? We need to cut our tennis time back. See, and, and, and God showed me, he said, my people are being destroyed because their hearts are so full of iniquity. And they're unwilling to really give it all to me. 
And I heard him say, tell my church to clean up their act. Clean up your mouth. Clean up your eye gates. Quit looking at things you're not supposed to be looking at. That's all of us. You see, because God wants to flow through each and every one of us in a great and mighty way. And his glory and his fire and his power cannot fellowship with a bunch of darkness. Some of us are married to people that are full of darkness and we go home and they're lashing out and they've got all kinds of problems and what do we do? We just, oh, shut up. I don't want to hear from you today. Not again. And we just get right into that thing. You know? But God is saying, be like me, not like the world. Be like me. Because it is my character in you that will make that nasty husband turn nice. Yes. It's not your mouth. It's the character of me that will change that situation. You can't change it with your mouth. And that's where we get into so much trouble. We try to change everything around us. We talk, 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 talk. No, this is what I think. No, this is how it should be done. No, this is what we need to do. And we go on and on and on and on. And the whole time God is standing right there saying, shh. I can't work with you doing blah, 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 blah. I can't work. Shh. For the character of Jesus is meekness, lowliness, humility. If you cuss me out and call me every name in the book, that's okay, because I'm going to lift my hands and say, thank you, Lord, I must be doing something right for you if they're cussing me like that. Hallelujah. That's the attitude we need to have. Yeah. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Yeah. Father, help me to be a witness to them. Even with our children. Even with our children. Yeah. I dealt with a situation with my son a while back. And I kept saying to him, you got to do it this way. And blah, 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 blah. Being a good mother. And I went to my prayer closet one day, and God said, he's not the problem, you are. I got mad. Me? What's wrong with me? He said, you need to be quiet. I know you're his mother, but I'm his father. And I know more than you. And the more you speak to him, the more he's going to go farther into that situation. What I need you to do is shut up and show him the love of God. Put your hands on him and pray for him. Pray for him behind closed doors. Pray for him in front of him. Pray him into the kingdom. Pray him out of his mess. You can't talk him out of his mess. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap. You know, because we women are the worst at this. We are the worst. We are the worst because we have to have our say, bless God. I'm going to have my say because I'm the mother. I'm going to have my say just because. I'm going to have my say just because because I am going to have my say. And that is what gets us into trouble. You see? And God was showing me when I saw those two hearts. You know, he said, my people go to church and they worship me and they learn my word. But then when they leave, they don't walk my word. You don't walk his word. 
And if we're not walking his word, then we're not allowing others to see Christ in us. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Amen? And I wrote a book about how to heal soul wounds. Because God showed me a long time ago that we make choices and decisions out of the wounds of our soul. Our soul is the seed of our emotions. And when we get wounded, we carry that mess with us. And then, you know, we're, we're angry. We have unforgiveness and bitterness. And we, we might cast that out on another person. But in reality, it's in our heart. And it's coming from the past, the situation that we walked through. Amen? But God wants us whole. God wants us healed. God does not want us walking around with a bunch of yucky baggage that, you know, we act like the world and we have no control over anything. We're just like them. We get mad like they do. We watch the same things they do. We do the same things they do. We don't set ourselves apart. You know? And I mean, look, when I was Catholic, I used to drink like a fish. I'm going to tell you what, I used to like alcohol. My wine and my pasta was my thing. Okay? But when I got saved, God spoke to me and said, you don't need to drink alcohol. And I said, but God, a lot of people that go to church that love God drink. He said, I told you not to drink. He said, you don't need to worry about everybody else. I told you not to drink. So I had to give up alcohol. That was hard for me. First time I ate pasta without wine, I didn't think the pasta tasted the same. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, this don't taste right. I'm not, I'm not gonna get used to this. I don't have my little, you know, wine to chase it down with, baby. You know, and then my family, you know, they all still drink their Catholic Italian drink. But I don't. And people would make fun of me. You mean you can't even have one little sip? Nope. Why not? I don't know. Ask my father. I'm not judging you for what you do, but I'm going to tell you what he said to me. And I'm going to stand in that place of obedience because it's important to me. And I can't tell you how many times when I would go to a function and people would say, oh, don't you, know, don't you drink? No, I don't drink. If it's a business thing or whatever. And God uses that to bring people to him. When they ask me, how come you don't drink? Well, I'm not saying that a person that loves God shouldn't drink. Because I have to tell people that. Because then they think I'm so religious, they won't listen to a thing I say. So I tell them, it's an individual thing. But I'm just telling you, my God said to me, that drinking alcohol that would put me in a different state of mind was not the witness of God in my life. Yes. Yes. And for me to be the witness of God that he's called me to be, I'm not putting anything in me that's going to alter my sensorium. Amen. Hallelujah. And I can't tell you how many people that I've prayed for and witnessed to them about Jesus at social functions because they were all drinking and I wasn't. Hallelujah. And I'm not saying that like I'm so great. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is we have to find that clean place in God for ourselves. And we know what the idols are. We know what the mess is in our life. We know that we can't control our temper and we go off on our husband every time he says boo. We know who we are. We know what our problems are. We're not stupid. God shows us. We just don't want to give them up because it hurts. 
It hurts to die. It hurts to give stuff up that's going to make us more like God. It hurts. You're going to cry when you're crucifying that flesh. You're going to have blood dripping down the side of your face when you're biting your tongue not to say something back. Amen. A couple times I went and looked in the mirror. Am I bleeding real bad? Because I know I'm biting my tongue. Do I need stitches? Because, man, I'm ready to belt them one over there, God. But no, my daughter, be meek, be lowly, be humble. Yes. See, God will fight your battle. And when you don't say anything back, that saying that says silence is golden, let me tell you something. Silence is where God works. In your silence, you are summoning the Holy Spirit to fight your battle for you. And he will step up to battle with his sword drawn and begin to slay every enemy in your path as you remain quiet and meek and humble while your enemy is chewing you up and spitting you out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Nobody said it was going to be easy to walk with God. Amen? Amen? But today is our day to have heart surgery. Amen. We need to have some heart surgery. We are grieving God. We are grieving God because we are his people. We are the chosen vessels of Almighty God, and we're grieving Him because we refuse to put the mess at the altar. We refuse to not have the last word. We refuse to stop cussing like a sailor just because we feel like it. Come on, people. We've got to look different than they do or they'll never come to God. They'll never come to God if we're like them. The Bible said, I will draw all men unto me. Well, they won't draw to him that's in you if you don't act and look like him. The people that bring the most people to the Lord are the people that are humble. Are the people that can sit there and watch all havoc be around them and not have a vengeful plan. The people who can honestly say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Help me, Jesus, to be like you. Help me, Jesus, to be like you in this situation. I guarantee you, there's nobody in this room right now. You don't have to raise your hand because I'm not going to ask that. But I want you to, I'm going to say this. There is nobody in this room right now that if I said everybody raise their hand that has a major battle going on around them that they know they need to be humble about. They know they need to do it God's way. Wouldn't raise their hand right now. Everybody in this room has something going on. That God is saying, I'm testing your heart. I'm testing your heart. I'm testing your heart. And if we can forgive the unforgivable, 
then God will forgive us and he will show up in our life with a power and a glory and a majesty of the Lord that we've never seen before. Amen. We have to strive, church. We have to strive to be more like God. It's not easy, but we have to strive. We have to get on our knees daily and say, Father, forgive me for all my sins. And God, whatever it is today in me, kill it, God. Kill anything in me that's not like you, God. And let me walk around today as a living epistle, as a living witness of you. Let not my spirit and my behavior grieve you today, God. But let me be the glory of you. Let me be the vessel of your glory, the vessel of your honor, the vessel of deliverance, the vessel of power, the vessel of grace, the vessel of mercy, the vessel of deliverance, the vessel of healing, the vessel of resurrection power. Let me be the vessel that will bring the dead and the hurting to you. Jesus, help me to be more like you. And I promise you, as soon as you begin to pray like that, things are going to get tough. They're going to get tough. And you will be challenged on every side. But God will show up for you. And these people that abused you and abused you and been awful to you, God said what in his word? He said, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. And if we want to see the enemy be judged by God, because that's in his word, that God judges our enemy. But the key is we have to get out of God's way to allow that. We have to focus on loving them. We have to focus on forgiving them. We have to focus on praying for them and letting God rectify the situation. Because God said he would. And sometimes that very enemy will come back and tell you they're sorry. God will have them repent or whatever. A lot of times they don't, but it doesn't matter. As long as we are walking in forgiveness and in the nature of God, God will honor that and he will restore. For God is a restorer of those that diligently seek him. God is the almighty restorer. There's nothing that the caker worm and the pommel worm can steal from us that God cannot restore. Hallelujah. His word said, I shall restore unto you all that the caker worm and the pommel worm has stolen from you. We don't get the restoration because we won't get out of God's way. That's why we don't see him. Because we're, we're in his way. We're in his way. And I heard the Lord say this. My people do not read my word as much as they should. And I heard the Lord say, today, if you want to clean your heart up and get more right before the Lord, make a commitment to read the word more. Because God said the word is power. The word is life. The word has his delivering hand. The word is our guide on our everyday path of life. And the word will help us to control ourselves and to keep us in that presence where God wants us. Amen. And we need to know the word so we can confess. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. 
every tongue that rises against me shall be condemned. By the stripes of Jesus I am healed. Healing is the children's bread. We need to know the word so that it's readily on our tongue whenever we need to start confessing it. Get to know the word because the word will set you free and the word will keep you whole and the word will keep you from the presence of your enemy where your enemy can destroy you because when the enemy comes in like a flood, the only thing you've got is to raise up the word of God in the face of the enemy. My God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. My God will part my Red Sea. Devil, I don't care what you throw at me. My God is bigger than you. And you are a liar. And I will not fall prey to your lies and your deception and your attacks because I know the God I serve. And I know, yeah, you may slay me, my God will show up. It might not be to the last second like he did for the when he parted the Red Sea for the children of Israel. They thought they were going to drown. They thought this party is over. Our God's a big, fat liar. He didn't show up. But at the last second, hallelujah, at the last second before they were drowned, God parted the Red Sea and let them get across on what Satan ground. Glory. And then the enemy, he drowned them behind. Glory to God. But they had to trust him to the last second. Yes, today, you might be drowning. But praise him, because the higher the water gets, the closer you are to him parting your Red Sea. Come on, somebody. The Bible says to give thanks and praise in all things. The Bible says he'll never leave us, he'll never forsake us. The Bible said that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, because they would not forsake their God, that God showed up in the fire with them. And when they came out, they didn't smell like smoke. They weren't burnt at all. Because the God of heaven and earth kept the fire from burning them. The God of heaven and earth brought them through. And he's going to do the same for you. He loves us all the same. God is no respecter of person. And I'm here to tell you today, God has a miracle waiting for you. God has a Red Sea parting experience waiting for each and every one of us. But God is saying, clean up your heart so that I can have complete glory and complete control of your life. Clean up your heart. And you say, God, how am I going to do that? Well, it's simple. Your battles are always on your knees. Your sacrifice is always on your knees. When we get on our knees to pray, that is a symbol of humility. God, I am on my knees before you because I can do nothing without you, Lord. I am on my knees before you, God, because I need you more than I need anything else. I am on my knees before you, God, because I know that I cannot solve any of these problems that I'm about to talk to you about. 
But God, before I talk to you about any of my woes, I'm going to worship you. I'm going to tell you how much I love you. And I'm going to tell you that I'm going to love you no matter what comes my way. I'm not going to forsake my faith just because things get rough. God, I'm going to love you. But God, I'm on my knees today because I know I have unforgiveness towards so-and-so. I know I have a root of bitterness towards so-and-so. I know that I have a temper problem and I need help. I know that I can't control my mouth and I need help, God. I need help. I need you to deliver me from the iniquities of my heart. And God will deliver. He will deliver. And you'll know that he's delivered you because when the adversity comes, the first thought that you'll have is, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Or the first thought you'll have is a scripture to speak into that situation instead of you rising up in the situation. Glory to God. Glory to God. We serve a God that knows the number of hairs upon our head. Amen. That means he knows every speck of iniquity that's in our heart. That means that we are naked before God and he knows what's there. And he's just waiting for us to offer it to him as a sacrifice. You see, the first step of solving any problem is recognizing that it's there. Once we recognize that it's there, then we can begin to solve it. And God can begin to move and work in our life. I feel his presence in here so strong. God is walking around this room. He's touching people's hearts. I feel it. I feel his presence and his majesty in here. This is him. The heartbeat of God is children. Let your heart be in me. Let your heart be like me. So I can use you to bring many to me. The need to control is another one. Just thought of The need to control is another one. The need to control comes from insecurity. Insecurity comes from something that happened in our life where we didn't get our need met and we felt lesser than. So if we're one of these people, we have to control everything. We need to ask the Lord to balance that in our life. Because, I mean, there is a place for leadership. And there is a place for proper boundaries. But we need God to show us the difference between proper boundaries and excessive control. Because excessive control is not from God. It's not from God. And that's an iniquity in our heart. I thank you, Jesus. The Lord is saying this. Please, my children. Please, 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 my children. Adhere to the call of your father. And allow me to do heart surgery on you. There will be things that you have prayed for for a long, long time, says the Lord. There'll be things that you've needed breakthrough for a long, long time. But you're blocking it because of the iniquity in your heart. I can't bring the fullness of me in dirty vessels, says the Lord. And I hear him saying, I adjure you. I, 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 I'm woeing you into my heart. I'm calling you to my heart. 
I'm calling you to desire to be more like me. I'm calling my church back to the basics. Calling my church back to the basics. The church has gotten away from the true God. It's all about glam and lights and music and money and programs. It's all about that. And, you know, all that has its place. But if the church has lost its foundation in the heart of God and being able to love your brother unconditionally and not judging people, even in the church, they talk about you, they judge you. That is not like God. And if the true spirit of God is there, then people won't be able to function in those spirits. That's how you know the true spirit of God is not there. Because it's a big deal, all the gossip and all this stuff. That means that something at the head needs to be fixed. I mean, it's going to happen anywhere you go because you can't control people. But what I'm saying is it's a big deal in that church. It's a lot of iniquity in the hearts of the leaders. God told me a while back, three years ago, God told me this. There's a changing of the guards coming in the church. And I declare and decree that God is sick and tired of the junk in our pulpits that don't look like him. And God is saying for the third awakening to come to this earth before Jesus takes us back, he's got to clean up the church. And I'm here to tell you, we're about to witness the church going to the washeteria. Hallelujah. The washeteria of the Holy Ghost and fire. And God is going to wash up the pulpits. And he's going to correct leaders that are out of the will of God, that have iniquity in their heart. They have other gods before them. God is going to correct them. And he's going to give them an opportunity opportunity to fix it. If they don't fix it, those leaders will be removed and you will witness the changing of the guards in the pulpits in the United States of America. Come on somebody. My Bible says that God is coming back for a church for a bride without spot or wrinkle. And if we take a look at the church today, oh my God. It's like a spotted animal. With all the dirty spots. But God said, I'm going to clean it up. And we'll see other people that, that we're going to see other people get called home. Because they wouldn't obey God. God wants his pulpit back. And what he wants coming out of those pulpits are people with pure hearts. People that have nothing, no other agenda but to serve the Lord in holiness and in purity and to bring people to God and to bring people that know God closer to God. For as we do that, the finances and everything that the church needs will be provided. Because God said where there's vision, there's provision. And when you're standing in God's vision and God's perfect will, he has to provide because it's in his word. And his word said, I'm not a God that I should lie. God cannot lie. God cannot lie. And the churches of today will not preach the truth. They won't preach about sin. They won't preach about the fires of hell. They won't preach about holiness. They won't preach about that stuff because they'll lose members and then they don't have any more money. 
in purity and in me, I will provide for that vision. You don't have to beat people over the head for money. Because the Holy Spirit will convict those to give that need to give. So the truth has been pushed aside because the truth hurts and the truth sends sheep out of the church because they want to stay shacked up with Brother Bobby and they don't want to hear that sex outside of marriage is not of God. They want to stay shacked up with Sister Susie and Linda and they don't want to hear that Linda and Susie ain't supposed to be together. That's not the way God made it. Right. Come on. Or Rob and Bob, okay? I'm sorry. My Bible says Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. Yes. And I'm going to declare the truth. Right. I don't Speak judge you. I love you no matter what you're doing. But I'm not going to not tell you what the Word says. Because the Word will set you free. The Word is the truth. God said the truth will set you free. If the churches would get back to good old religion. And begin to preach the truth out of the pulpits, we would see revival like we've never seen it before. But there is a third awakening coming. But before that third awakening comes, there's going to be a shaking. A shaking. And we, as the church, need to be pure before God so that we can hear His voice when the trouble starts. There's trouble coming, and we need to be astute in the spirit and ready for the trouble. Because God can't get America back until first there's a shaking. Because America has lost all faith in God. The faith is in man. The faith is in man. And this country was founded on in God we trust. So the only way to get man's attention is to shake it a little bit. And get people back on their knees. Get people back on their knees. And I declare and decree by the unction of the Holy Ghost and fire that this America will have a shaking. But we will see the greatest revival that the earth has ever yes, known. Yes. That the third awakening shall be greatest because it will be the last thing before Jesus comes to get us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But we're going to be ready. We're going to be ready as the bride of Christ. We're going to be cleaned up. We're going to be ready for him to take us. We're going to have the iniquity out of our hearts. And we're going to say, Father, here I am. Take me. I'm ready. And we should have thousands coming behind us. That came to the Lord because of our witness and our ministry and whatever it is that God has called us to do. Hallelujah. 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 We now are at a critical point. We've got to clean up our act and get closer to God. Because the way we are right now, we're not going to be able to hear him clearly about instructions that are coming for the events that are going to take place. We've got to be ready. We've got to be ready. And I don't say these things to say, get scared. The Bible said fear is not of God. God's not right. giving you a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Yes. So even though we know there will be trouble, we're not scared. We are prepared. Yes. We're prayed up. We're fasted up. Yes. We're worded up. We need to have our prayer lives increased. We need to fast and pray more. And we definitely need to get to know the word better. Yes. 
Because we're going to have to stand on it like never before when the trouble begins to come. And we're going to have to know that my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And that there's nothing that he won't do for me if I am a holy yielded vessel to the Lord. Amen? Amen. Let's give him a hand clap of praise. Come on. Praise him. Father, we praise you. Father, we thank you. Father, we glorify you. See you, Roxanne. Take care. God is going to give you a turnaround in your life. God is going to give you a turnaround in your life. I feel his presence and his majesty in here. This is him. The heartbeat of God is children. Let your heart be in me. Let your heart be like me. So I can use you to bring many to me. The need to control is another one. Just don't. The need to control is another one. The need to control comes from insecurity. Insecurity comes from something that happened in our life where we didn't get our need met and we felt lesser than. So if we're one of these people, we have to control everything. We need to ask the Lord to balance that in our life. Because, I mean, there is a place for leadership. And there is a place for proper boundaries. But we need God to show us the difference between proper boundaries and excessive control. Because excessive control is not from God. It's not from God. And that's an iniquity in our heart. I thank you, Jesus. The Lord is saying this. Please, my children. Please, 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 my children. Adhere to the call of your father. And allow me to do heart surgery on you. There will be things that you have prayed for for a long, long time, says the Lord. There'll be things that you've needed breakthrough for a long, long time. But you're blocking it because of the iniquity in your heart. I can't bring the fullness of me in dirty vessels, says the Lord. And I hear him saying, I adjure you. I, 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 I'm woeing you into my heart. I'm calling you to my heart. I'm calling you to desire to be more like me. I'm calling my church back to the basics. Calling my church back to the basics. The church has gotten away from the true God. It's all about glam and lights and music and money and programs. It's all about that. And, you know, all that has its place. But if the church has lost its foundation in the heart of God and being able to love your brother unconditionally and not judging people, even in the church, they talk about you. They judge you. That is not like God. 